This is Shine On, the health and happiness show, with new episodes every week on how to live well. Shine On is heard all over the world as a podcast, but it's heard first on the radio in New York's Hudson Valley. Hi, it's Casey. Thank you so much for tuning in to Shine On. Here's a little story about probiotics and synchronicity. On my list of things to do, which I've been carrying around for months, you know I always have that super long list. If you ever meet me, ask me. I'll show it to you. There's always like 20 things on my list of things to do. And I do the things, but then there's more things. On my list of things to do, I've had there for months, find something to replace your red wine at night. I don't mind carrying around an extra 10 pounds, right? An extra 20 pounds is just getting in the way. Darn you. COVID shutdown, stay in the house period of time. So I want to lose 10 pounds. And I know if I give up the red wine, it's going to help me. But this just sat on my list for months and months. And then my girlfriend, Mary Ellen, sends me an email and she says, you should interview the kombucha mama. Here's her information. And I thought, oh, they must be friends. So I never want to make a friend feel bad. I always interview whoever they tell me to interview. (laughs) That's how people get on the show. So I'm like, oh, kombucha, I tried that once at a market not my market, somebody else's market. And I thought it was good, but I didn't know what it was. And the guy who sold it to me, who also made it, I could tell he had no time for my ignorance. You know what I mean? Like he just didn't want to explain kombucha to me. That was my sense. That was years ago. And then out of the blue, Mary Ellen suggests recently I speak to this kombucha mama. So I thought maybe that's the thing. Maybe this is what I'll replace my red wine with. Maybe Mary Ellen was looking at my list and she was dropping a hint. I don't know. So I did a little research and I bought a case of this kombucha. And I'm happy to say that two nights ago I had my first replacement glass I got out the big red wine glass and I put ice in it and poured kombucha over it and I enjoyed it very much. And then I come to work and find out that Hannah Crum has responded to my email because I did reach out as soon as Mary Ellen told me to. And Hannah Crum is available to talk to me right now about kombucha. The morning after I try kombucha, I get to speak to the kombucha mama. Kind of freaky. But now that you're here, Hannah Crum, can you please tell me what it is that I actually substituted for red wine last night? Absolutely. So you were still drinking a fermented beverage. Um, Wine, as we know, is made from fermented grapes. Kombucha is fermented tea. So it's tea and sugar to which a culture is added, and it makes a refreshing, crisp, sweet, sour, tasty beverage that a lot of people are turning to to replace alcohol, soda, energy drinks, just anything that is potentially having a negative impact on their bodies. Now, you say sugar, but in the product I drank, there wasn't a lot of sugar. That's right, because the sugar is not for you. So the sugar is for the microbes. Sugar is a fuel source that all types of organisms rely on, including bacteria and yeast. And it's that process of converting the sugar, breaking it down into its smaller components that creates our fizz, it creates organic acids, and it turns this into this delicious, probiotic, antioxidant-rich beverage because it's made from tea, right? So we all know how healthy tea is. And when we ferment it, we're enhancing that nutritional value. So it really is, you know, sort of the combination of tea, and then it is an acetic acid ferment like vinegar. So you've got 
the best of both of these worlds coming together, creating this delicious sparkling beverage that has a host of health benefits, including improving digestion, boosting immunity, and just making you feel good. Yeah. Well, I felt good for sure. But what is it that's eating the sugar before I get to it? Oh, yeah, it's the yeast. So the yeast that are present in the SCOBY. So SCOBY is an acronym for Symbiotic Culture Bacteria and Yeast. Pretty straightforward. And that's what we call um, the pellicle, or you might have heard it called a mushroom or a mother or a culture. And this is the little mothership that we take from batch to batch. And hanging off of it are these brown strands, and that's the yeast. And so the yeast are sugar lovers. They turn that sugar into CO2 and trace amounts of ethanol. Now, the ethanol in kombucha is there as a preservative. Think about when you have a wound, you might rub a little, put a little rubbing alcohol on there to prevent infection, to kill things off. And so it naturally is safe as a result of creating these trace amounts of alcohol as a preservative. SCOBY stands for? Symbiotic Culture of Bacteria and Yeast. Okay, Symbiotic Culture of Bacteria and Yeast. And, and oh my gosh. And you use your SCOBY from batch to batch to batch. Actually, it reproduces. So there's so many amazing lessons we can learn when we brew kombucha at home. And one of them is infinite abundance. And what that means is when we make the kombucha, when we give it the sweet tea, when we give it the warmth that it desires, it will reproduce. And I think this is a valuable lesson for human beings because when you give an organism what it needs to thrive, it will. And so many of us, we feel we don't feel good. We might feel uh, we might have different ailments or issues. And of course, immunity is top of mind. But when we apply that same logic to ourselves, if we're able to dial in and figure out what it is our bodies truly need in order to feel good, in order to thrive, we can literally reverse all kinds of, of, of issues just simply by you know, having kombucha and other fermented foods and, and figuring out what other nutrients your body is depleted in. Kombucha isn't new. It's very, very old. Why is it experiencing or is it experiencing a comeback or am I just brave enough to try it now? I love this question. It is very old. So it's thousands of years old. Human beings have loved kombucha all across the globe. It's spanned the globe for um, thousands of years along the silk trade routes to the samurai in um, Japan to the inner emperor imperial court in China to Russia, to Germany, to Europe, to the entire world has loved kombucha. To be honest, I think why it's having a resurgence now is first of all in the 90s, GT Day put it in a bottle and started selling it at a store and that launched the commercial version of kombucha. And from there, it has continued to grow and proliferate again because it wants to live and when people come across it and they see how it can transform their lives, their eating habits, how they feel, uh, they get really excited about it and they want to share that with other people. So much so they might even start their own business. And so I'm also the president and co-founder of Kombucha Brewers International where we work with all the commercial brands across the globe. And we specifically support the industry by creating a code of practice, by putting structure in place, by um, talking to regulators who, like you, maybe have never heard of it before or until recently and therefore don't understand it. And so we're able to be that sort of translator or ambassador, if you will, to help them understand how safe kombucha is and and how it should be um, monitored as a food. And so all of that is to say, I truly think the reason kombucha is surfacing now 
now is because we live in such a toxic world. And one of kombucha's absolute most amazing superpowers is it bonds to toxic molecules in your body, and then you, through hydrolysis, which is a fancy way of saying we pee them out. And so I think our, you know, we need kombucha now more than ever simply because you know, every day we're hearing about another chemical in the water supply or another, you know, chemical in a beauty product that is causing all kinds of health issues. And so I think that kombucha is here now to really help us detoxify from those poisons so that we can stay sane and healthy and, and in our bodies. All right, Hannah, who first put it in a bottle in the 90s? What was the name you said? GT Dave. So that's GT's kombucha. You might also see it as Synergy kombucha. You can find it everywhere. He's uh, he's all across the United States and in Canada and some other places. But he was the first person to bottle it up and sell it back in the 90s. So he's been around for a good 25 plus years now. And is he the person that turned you on to it? He is. In fact, it was a GT's ginger ale that was my first sip. And I fell in love with my first sip. Now, true confession, I was the girl sneaking the pickle juice out of the pickle jar. So I already had a penchant <laughs> for that kind of tangy flavor profile. Right. But I also think it was the nutrients in living form. I wasn't consuming fermented foods. I wasn't having digestive enzymes. And so when my body you know, took in these nutrients because they're in a form that you can instantly utilize. Whew, I got that kombucha rush. I got that buzz and it just really hooked me. But my thirst out grew my budget. So I went and found my own SCOBY. I've become a bacteria farmer and at kombucha camp, we sell kits and cultures and uh, we've been all organic since I started brewing almost 20 years ago. So we really love helping people get the cultures they need so that they can also enjoy the benefits of kombucha. So you want me to get a kit from you so I can make my own? If you want, if your thirst outgrows your budget, for you it might be easier to just buy it at the store. And so really, any way you want to enjoy kombucha, there's an opportunity for you. But for some folks, they might feel like, oh... I'd rather spend that money on my latte still, so maybe I'll just make this at home instead. Mm -hmm. So it really is a choose-your-own-adventure, but everyone who takes a kombucha journey, whether it's for a week, a month, 10 years, uh, they end up finding something along the way that really works for them. Or they find that kombucha doesn't work for them, and maybe it's a different fermented beverage that's a better fit. All right. And you mentioned, too, kombucha helps us pee out what? Toxins. So um, the gluconic and glucuronic acid that is created by the fermentation process, they bond to toxic molecules. So, for example, your liver creates these acids naturally. However, they don't produce enough of them to keep up with the amount of toxicity that we're taking on, right? It's not one fast food meal or one ultra-processed food that's creating a problem. It's the accumulation of those products over time. And if your body can't if your liver can't filter them out, because that's what your liver is, it's your filter, it's going to sequester them into your fat cells. And so over time, these toxins build up. And, and that's ultimately what leads to the health problems. It isn't, again, one instance, it's numerous instances over time. And so what kombucha does is it's a chelator. It gently comes through um, and it, you know, like cleans out the pipes, if you will. And it continues to do that in a gentle manner the longer you drink it. And so a lot of people, they might come to kombucha because they have an acute digestive issue or, you know, gastric distress and find that it helps that. But over time, they're going to find, oh my gosh, my skin is clearing up. Or um, this old issue that I didn't realize I had is now 
starting to go away because, like a layer of an onion, the body is, is able to finally gently heal as these toxins are released. I'm excited for my journey. Kombucha Camp is where we can find you. Now, do you sell your own uh, kombucha there or just the kits? Because I also work with the commercial producers, I made a decision a long time ago to just sell the kits. I do make my own kombucha and quite a bit of it, but I don't sell it at the store. So if you come to L.A., I hope you'll stop by and I'd be happy to share some of my booch with you. But for everyone else out there, what I'm really proud of, too, is that a lot of commercial brands use our cultures. And so I feel I'm called the kombucha mama and I feel like my babies are all around the world. And so anyone who's tried a kombucha has probably come into contact with my culture specifically in some form or fashion. So um, I'm just grateful that we get to continue to share this amazing culture to help people get healthy and really empower them to realize that, you know, you can take back a lot of control just by making different choices. This is what I want. I want, oh my goodness, what is it you're holding on your Facebook page? What is that? (laughs) That's a SCOBY. (laughs) That looks like something from Stranger Things. It, it, it does. It does. It does look like, so it's kind of, I call it a cross between a pet and a plant. So the good news is it's not going to crawl out of its jar and snuggle up on your lap. So there's no slime trails, um, but it does require care just as if, um, you know, you have to feed it. You need to give it the right environment. Um, you need to nurture it. And people really do create a lovely connection with their scobies. Now that said, because they're so prolific, think trouble with tribbles, if, if you know what I'm talking about there, um, you can also eat them. And so our book, the big book of kombucha, we have recipes. You can compost them. Your plants love them, especially your acid-loving plants like roses and blueberries and different things that are high in vitamin C. Um, pets will enjoy them. Humans enjoy scoby fruit leather. Uh, so there's a, and we're also seeing scientifically a lot of folks are taking the kombucha culture and they're trying to make vegan leather or they've mm-hmm. shot them into space and they notice that even when exposed to high levels of radiation, they survive. So maybe they came from outer space, right? So, so even NASA is playing around with scobies, uh, trying to see if there's something they can use them for. So it's a pretty tremendous culture. And I think it's um, just now coming into a real popularity and ascendancy and it's because we really need her. Wow. Okay. How many of these do you have hanging around the house in the refrigerator or whatever? <laughs> so we have a facility. Uh, so, but they did used to, they can clutter up your, your shelves quickly, but we have thousands of scobies waiting for new homes, ready to go out to, um, to anybody who's listening and is excited to give it a try. Here's what I want. I want to make sure that the kombucha, because I know I'm in this for a long haul, like it was something that mm. just called to me for a long time. And I did a little bit of research when I was ordering, you know, to get something delivered to my home. But I want to make sure I have a kombucha that comes from your scoby. How do I do that? Mm. Sure. So kombucha camp, camp with a K. We've got all kinds of kits and cultures. So you can start with just as simple as a as a kombucha scoby with starter liquid, and that'll be sufficient for a one-gallon batch. And again, it's going to reproduce, and you can scale from there. The way that I personally love to make kombucha is what we call continuous brew. So those are done in larger containers with a spigot, but it takes away a lot of the heavy lifting of pouring the liquid into bottles because it all comes out of the spigot. We also don't have to clean it except once every three to six months. Who doesn't love less cleaning? Plus, the acids I've been talking about more of them are produced the longer it's allowed to ferment. 
But again, because it's a vinegar ferment, if it goes too long for most people in a smaller vessel, that's just not going to be palatable. And so you don't get the benefit if you're not drinking it. So with continuous brew, we can allow for a longer fermentation. We create more of those healthy acids. It's always in a pH-protected environment, so we think of it as the easiest, safest, healthiest way to make kombucha. Now, there's a little bit of an investment in the equipment up front, but once you have that, the supplies on the other end are really inexpensive. We're talking tea and sugar, something that most people even have in their cupboards right now. So I will say our Hannah Special Tea Blend is incredibly popular. It's a blend, all-organic blend of green tea, black tea, white tea, rooibos, and yerba mate. It's also really good just by the cup. So whether you give the SCOBY a try, you try continuous brew, you want to try our tea blend, or we even have like a root beer flavoring pack, we got all kinds of great supplies that are going to make delicious kombucha. All right, kombucha mama. (laughs) Uh, This has been crazy enlightening. How do the people in your family feel about your passion? They absolutely love it. They are the willing recipients of batch after batch of delicious homebrew. In fact, it was this pink lemonade flavor that got my husband hooked and completely changed his life. Over a couple years, he ended up losing 30 pounds. He stopped taking a nightly antacid pill. He stopped drinking his morning Gatorade, and he hasn't been healthier. So the dogs also get a little kombucha in their dish, and it helps keep them really vibrant and healthy. Plus, all of my friends, whenever they come over, are so grateful for bottles of Hannah's home brew and what's my latest flavor. And so it's just really fun to share it as well. So if you get into making it at home, not only can you enjoy it yourself, but sharing it with others is just a a huge gift of it. Is there anything else our listeners need to know? Well, you can also read our book, The Big Book of Kombucha. So um, if you want to learn more about it, but you're not sure you're ready to take the plunge, it's 400 pages. Not only does it do tips, techniques, and how-to, it also has research, history, health benefits. So if you want to have the ultimate resource on kombucha, you can grab our book. It's also on Kindle. And that can give you some insight into what the process is like. Of course, our website, kombuchacamp.com, has a ton of information. Again, that's camp with a K because I'm cute and clever over here. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> but, Yes, but we love, we love, and the other thing is we also have milk kefir, water kefir, and junk. So we love fermented drinks. If kombucha isn't your jam, we probably have a culture that will work for you and help you know, give you the probiotics you need, get your system working right. You're going to love it. That's Hannah Crum. I liked her a lot. I hope you learned something. If you didn't know anything about kombucha, I hope you learned something. And I hope you give it a try. So the one that I have a case of right now, and I'm enjoying the heck out of it nightly, the one that I'm enjoying, it wasn't one of Hannah's favorites. So my husband went to the shop right the other night and he got me some GT's, GT Dave's Synergy. So I'm going to try that too. But the fact of the matter is I'm doing something good for my belly. And after having taken a 65-hour course in restorative yoga training, I have learned so much about how much of our health comes from our belly. And not just our physical health, but our mental health as well. The gut-brain connection is astounding. It's truly, truly astounding. And so many of the feel-good hormones that we make to stay steady in life are enhanced by a healthy gut. So I want to do all the things I can do for my belly and my health and my peace of mind. By the way, I took my test finally, my restorative yoga teacher training test. 
21 questions, I only got one wrong. Yay! And it was a tricky question, because the question was, how many restorative yoga poses should you sequence in a one-hour class? And the teacher had said many times that three poses fit well into a one-hour class. She said that many times. I wrote it down many times. It's in the notes many times. But really, there's no rule for that. You can do as many or as few restorative poses. So that wasn't like a super serious question to get wrong. I got all the serious questions right. And now I'm ready to put you to sleep. (laughs) If I haven't done that already a couple of dozen times in the last 20 minutes. Yes, I passed my restorative yoga teacher training test. And this weekend, I'm doing a Shine On retreat at the Mariendale Center. Gosh, I can't wait. I hope some of you are there and I meet you for the very first time. And I'm going to do a little restorative yoga with the group. A little shavasana away. What else do I have to tell you? I did hear from some of you that you want to be part of Healers on the Hudson, Reiki on the River. Do spread the news September and October every Sunday at Cortland Waterfront Park, where we do the market on the river. I am inviting reflexologists, massage therapists, Reiki healers, um, Thai massage, Tai Chi, aromatherapy. All of the healing modalities are going to be welcomed in this beautiful shaded area of the park. We have the space. Promote yourself. Let your people know that you're going to be there. And let's see what we can do to spread health and wellness in the world. I found out that one of my vendors, Anne Serino, the photographer at the market, she also does reflexology. Who knew? How brilliant is that? So that's every Sunday in September and October. Just let me know that you're coming. Visit caseysplace.com. Oh, just backtracking, I also had to look up Trouble with Tribbles that Hannah mentioned, and that was a uh, Star Trek Season 2, Episode 15 thing. Tribbles. All these little animals took over the Enterprise, I guess. I don't know. But if you can find that picture of Hannah Crum on her Facebook page, Kombucha Camp with a K, and she's holding up this huge, happy, thriving scoby bigger than your head. It's impressive, but it's good for you. And I guess the analogy is if you start growing your own scoby stuff to make your kombucha, that can multiply as well. But didn't you just love Hannah Crumb's analogy about how when you give a thing what it needs, it flourishes? Right? What is it you need to flourish? Peace, quiet, sunshine, sleep, exercise, something new, something old. Think about that. And then light your own candle. Please give yourself what you need. And then thrive like Tribbles and Scobie, which leads me to our thought for the day. And that comes from Emerin Mayer, who wrote The Mind-Gut Connection, how the astonishing dialogue taking place in our bodies impacts health, weight, and mood. He wrote, your gut has capabilities that surpass all your other organs and even rival your brain. Your gut has its own nervous system, known in scientific literature as the enteric nervous system, or ENS, and often referred to in the media as the second brain. This second brain is made up of 50 to 100 million nerve cells, 
As many as are contained in your spinal cord. This is why I'm drinking the kombucha. Shannon. You've been listening to Shine On, the health and happiness show, with new episodes every week. It's your time to shine on. Shine On.